This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This podcast was brought to you in part by our sponsor, Dragon Shield. If you'd like to support the channel, go check out our affiliate link down below. Welcome to a Play to Win podcast where we talk about winning in CEDH. I'm Cam. I'm Dylan. And this week, kind of hearkening back to a top 10 that we did just a couple weeks ago where we talked about the top 10 combos, we decided we wanted to take this an additional step further and talk about the top 10 combos that are one card combos because your commander is one of the cards in the combo. Excellent. I can't wait. The end of that podcast, we were talking about how we wanted to talk about all of the combos in CDH, but we were talking for an hour at that point. It was just far too long. If you want to check out part one, definitely highly recommend it. That was one of my favorite podcasts that we've done. But today we are talking about these combos that combo with our commanders specifically. Exactly. And it's also very difficult to rank some of the other combos in your 99 versus combos that you have access to from your command zone. So... There's enough here that we could make a, a completely separate top 10. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the definition of the commander combo that we're looking for. Yeah. Read it to us. Because yes. there's a bunch of different things that this could mean. You can interpret this a bunch of different ways. How are we thinking exactly. about it today? So since this is the top 10 two card commander combos in CEDH. Your commander being one of those cards. Yes. What we're specifically looking for is a commando combo being an interaction between a commander and one other card that wins the game. Okay. So that's what we're looking for. So this means that we are excluding three card combos from this list. Obstensibly, it's more cards, right. so it's harder, so it's not going to be in the top 10. So something like a Gitrog, Dakmore Salvage, and a Discard Outlet... That's not on this. That's list. three things That's in three total. Cards. That's yeah. too many things to be considered for today. Elsha sends his divining top in an artifact or mana reducer for the top. That's too many. Too many That's cards. That's not what we're talking about. Today. Too many cards. Magda, Clock of Omens, and an artifact dwarf. Too many cards. Let's just list them all off and we'll do a yeah. little mini podcast about the cards that we're exactly. not going to talk about first and then talk about the cards that we are going to talk about. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. <laughs> I have like 12 others. Go, let's run through. <laughs> no, we're moving on. We're also not including one card combos in your command zone. So Godo. Uh, no, Godo is a combo with one other card. It oh, does okay. happen to fetch you the thing. But it's a zero card combo. But like, I mean like, like like old stick fingers. That basically just okay. puts your whole deck in your graveyard and sure. you just win the game based off of that one interaction. Something like Xur, where you just always go and get Necropotence. That's not really like... It, it doesn't win the game on its own, basically. Right. Okay, sure. I feel like those two things are a little bit different, though, because Stick Fingers always does the one thing, and Xur always just... I mean, it gets Necropotence, which is the one thing. I feel like 88% of the time, Xur gets Necropotence. Oh, yeah, it always gets Necropotence, but that doesn't always win you the game. No, that's true. Either um, way, we're not talking about those ones yeah, right now, either. Technically, some of these other combos that we are going to talk about today don't win the game exactly, but what they do <laughs> is they go and they get another combo that we talked about in the top 10 okay. a couple weeks ago, so... We don't want to repeat ourselves too much. No, exactly. But if you haven't seen that combo video, go check that out, um, and you can see what inspired this fucking list. Okay. So we're going <laughs> to do this the same way, where we don't know what the top 10 is. We're figuring it out right now. We're going to figure that's it what, out. That's what this is. Yeah, and this time, there's not really, like, an obvious, like, number one 
one and number two that we can kind of gravitate towards to really start this off with. So we're just going to start with the first combo on the database, Heliod Ballista. Sure. This is Heliod and Walking Ballista. Yeah, Let me pull up the exact cards. Oh, that's a great idea. That if you have Heliod cards. in play, you can cast your Walking Ballista for X equals two, so four total mana, so it'll come in with two counters. Then if you pay a one and a white and activate Heliod's ability, you can give the Walking Ballista lifelink so that when you use Walking Ballista's activated ability to remove one counter, leaving one on it to deal damage to something, you'll gain a life. And when you gain a life, Heliod will say you'll put a counter on target creature. You can put, the counter, you can put that counter on the Walking Ballista, and you can do this to shoot the whole table, kill everyone dead with this combo. Exactly. It's a pretty good combo. This is, I mean, this, I feel like this was the very first, well, I don't feel like this was the very first video that we ever played on this channel was Nate playing this deck and 3-0-ing all of us, just destroying us with this combo. This was a brand new outlet that you had in your command zone. Yeah. It was a big boon for Mono White. White Mono White's been getting a lot of tools recently, and this deck has really been able to use a lot of them. So it's really only gotten better since the printing of Heliod, even. Yeah, the, the only issue with this combo is it does use activated abilities of creatures and activated abilities of artifacts. Yes. And if you're in a Mono White stacks deck, normally those are things that you want to stop people from doing, right? So you're, a lot of the things that Mono White does very well sort of works against this combo. Yeah, Mono White does need its artifact mana. So, like, it does kind of help when you don't have to worry about your Stony Silence and you can, you know, run even more right. rocks. But I, I also understand where you're coming from. Like, the whole point of stacks is to harm some of the most powerful strategies. And if one of them is, like, Dockside Extortionist and Treasure Outlets, right. it, it really is a blow to not be playing that. Yeah, but having access to this is in any color combination. I mean, let's think about the mana real quick. It's three mana for the Heliod, four Correct. mana for the Walking Ballista. We're up to seven right now. And Two then, mana for the activation, so that's nine mana. And then from there, you got it. So that's nine total mana. That's a lot of mana right there. That's just, that's a lot of mana. It's less than some of the other things that we're going to talk about, but it's also more than some of the other things we're talking about. So it's hard to evaluate it in a vacuum. What are yeah. we comparing against? But It's at, easy to spread out. At, out of all the combos we've talked about so far, it's the best one. A hundred percent. So right, So far, we have... <laughs> Heliod, Suncrowned, and Walking Ballista as our number one commander combo. It's also the worst card we talked about because it's the only one on the list so That's far. That's also but. true. Yeah, so uh, the worst commander combo in CEDH so far <laughs> is Heliod Ballista for two mana. This is perfect logic. This makes total sense. Yeah, two card commander combos is what I'm trying to say. All right, so the next one we're going to talk about is Godo and Hemel the Host. Right, so this one I think is technically a zero-card combo, right? You don't need any other spell. You don't need to find the Helm of the Host. You well, just cast the Godo. No, but there's also other combos on this list that are like that, where you cast one spell and you go get the other one. Yeah. But, like, it... it sets you up to win the game after it that. It absolutely then. does. Yeah, this I think this adds to, like, this being a powerful thing. I'm not saying this, doesn't, this shouldn't be on the list. This is just... One of the reasons why Godo is so powerful is that you don't need any other things. You don't need to find the card. I see what card. you mean. It's kind of cheating on the two-card requirement right, because, because it you don't, finds you, it immediately. You don't need to find Walking Ballista. Like yeah. In Heliod, you need to find the Walking Ballista. Godo needs to find nothing. Godo needs to count to 11 and find the right opportunity, which is what makes this combo so good. We should talk about what the combo is. Oh, yes, 100%. Godo is a six-mana creature, right? creature that goes in your command zone. You cast Godo, and Godo lets you find an equipment from your library, and you put it directly into play. The equipment that you find is Helm of the Host. Helm of the Host has a five-mana equip cost, but there's many things in the deck that allow you to cheat on that equip cost. Once you equip the Helm of the Host to the Godo, the Helm of the Host will allow you to create a copy of the Godo that doesn't have the legendary rule, and you're at your beginning of combat, you're able to 
I don't make know, a make copy another one. of that creature that is not affected by the legendary rule right. at the beginning of every one of your combats because of the helm of the host ability. Right. So this means that every time you go to combat with Godo, you get the Godo trigger so that all of your Godos will untap and you'll get another combat, which means that at the beginning of that combat, the helm of the host will trigger again, giving you another non-legendary Godo so that you can continue this loop getting an additional Godo every single time. Yeah, forever. And when you attack with Godo, you get to untap it and all other samurai you control and get another combat. It's not, uh, it is samurai. Yeah. Godo's not a samurai, Godo's but it's not a samurai. samurai. Which is confusing to a lot of people. I know we've gotten comments on that before about people who didn't quite understand the deck because you think it says it untaps all samurais and you go, Godo's not a samurai. It untaps itself and all other samurai. Yeah, untap it and all other samurai. The combo's powerful, surely, but the restriction is you're playing in mono red and you kind of only do one thing. Yes, you can play Blood Moon. There are some stacks pieces that you can get away with that are quite powerful, but you lack a lot of card advantage with this combo. Same with the Heliod Walking Ballista one. Both of these decks, they just lack a little bit of card advantage. White has been getting a lot more card advantage recently. Things like Ranger Captain Evios and Esper Sentinel, they really helped the deck a lot. But nonetheless, you are still lacking those tutors, those card advantage that brings a lot of the four and five color decks up to being such a powerful level. Exactly. But luckily, what you have in Goto is resiliency. Your entire deck is made up of mana. And when all you're trying to do is just count to 11, when you can have like so many uh, extra copies of rituals and um, even now they have the, uh, what's that? Uh, blank? goblin or something yeah, yeah the sticker goblin yeah, yeah the sticker. sticker goblin right so like there's there's always new fun goto tools that are getting printed so where do you have this against heliod ballista i feel like this is better than heliod i would totally agree with that i think yeah. goto right now is the best two card commander combo um in cedh followed by heliod even ballista. though it's a one card commander combo um well yeah that also just makes it even easier right <laughs> if you just have it in your hands right. then Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, you don't have to do anything else. You just cast Goto. Yeah. It's, that's the whole thing up for you. All right, so that's that. The next one we're going to talk about is Umbral Mantle and Solvala and Marwyn. These are two different commanders that can both use Umbral Mantle to go infinite. Right, yeah, this is a combo that I don't use very often. I don't know if I've ever actually pulled it off myself. I'm just I not a mono-green player. Yeah, you like yeah I did once pretty recently when we were playing against Casually Competitive. Yeah, so as long as one of your commanders is making enough mana, I think the mana you need to make is three? Actually, four. four. It's four. four. Once, yeah. once one of your commanders making four mana, you can tap to make the four mana, and with the equipped Umbral Mental, use the untap ability, which is three, to untap it, and every, during this process, you'll make a mana each time. Well, the other thing is that it also gives your creature plus two plus two as well right so the first time you go through the loop you can only have three if you have it equipped to marwin or Silvala, because that way they both will pump based off how much power uh either a creature in play is or they are depending on which one you have so it can work out with marwin if you're only at three um but that doesn't work if you're on one of the backup creatures like karametra's acolyte in your 99 yeah that one you have to make sure is at four at all times yeah this was an interesting one on the list because this one actually isn't a win on its own this is just infinite mana right so you need kind of like still like another piece to actually end the game with this one so for that reason i think i would probably put it lower than the other two that we've talked about but it still can be a very powerful combo i would definitely agree uh there's a lot of times where you can use that infinite mana to get yourself to a win which is why i still kind of have it on this list right to begin with but most of the other combos that we're going to be talking about win the game outright and have that outlet 
it's yeah. in your command zone to be able to set you up to do so. When unfortunately, these mono green commanders don't really have that ability. Yeah, I, honestly, I would probably put these along more with our honorable mentions of Gitrog and Elsha because you kind of kind of need that other piece, like a finale like devastation, a finale of devastation. Or a use the mana after it. That's fair. Well, this combo is probably not going to end up on the top ten anyway, so I don't feel bad about talking about we'll it. We'll right drop now it to the honorable way. mentions. Exactly. Okay. Well, then you know what? I'm just going to take it off the list because I think all these are going to be better. Than Dump that, it. So. Dump it. All right, so the next one is gaining a lot of popularity. It's Malcolm and Glinthorn Buccaneer. Yeah, it's gaining popularity because this one slaps. It's fucking good. Yeah, this is a great combo. I think it's been doing well in a lot of tournaments. It's super efficient in specifically rug colors. It's really easy to assemble. If you have those green tutors, you can get it right into play pretty smoothly, which is nice. It's very flexible in different color combinations. You can play it in Grixis. You can play it in Izzet. You can play it in Rug. You can play it in Jeskai. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can go because of this my favorite commander ability partner. For this particular combo, Malcolm says whenever a pirate deals damage to a player, you get to make a treasure. And Glenhorn Buccaneer says for two mana, a red and a colorless, inside of combat, you can discard a card and draw a card. And whenever you discard a card, uh, Glenhorn deals one damage to each player, each opponent rather. And since Glenhorn is a pirate, that will make that that would mean that uh, Malcolm would give you three treasures every time this damage was dealt, and then you can use Glenhorn's activated ability, which only costs two mana, to do that again. Now there will be a point if your opponents at two different of life totals that maybe you won't be able to complete this one all the way through. Your opponents have to be at a close enough life total. There is a little bit of a small math equation that you could do to figure this out. But most yeah. often you're going to be able to kill at least one player, probably get the other ones very low and still have a bunch of treasures left over. And then as you're doing this, you're also looting through your entire deck. So even if you don't kill them dead, you can maybe fire off some interaction. You'll be able to filter through the cards you have in your hand to really disrupt them and get them pretty darn close, if not completely dead almost every time as long as there are still two other opponents that you have you will be able to net even on treasures every time you go through the loop it's only once you get down to only one other player that you have to make sure that you made enough additional treasures from when there were three opponents to make sure that you can finish out the loop so right, yeah, it so is I, I think it works out like the difference between the highest life total and the second highest player has to be like twice the I shouldn't be doing math live on the podcast. No, but, but someone but else smarter than me is, is going to do it in the comments down below. Right, like <laughs> so, it, it is something you you need to be aware of. But yeah. this is very simple. It's two different creatures, which makes it significantly more difficult to interact with as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that actually does make it a little bit more powerful than. Well, you know what? Heliod and Goto are also creatures, but... This one has to use the combat step. Heliod doesn't have to use the combat step. True. But this one is much more mana efficient. This one really only requires like three-ish mana and then three mana on the following turn because you have to wait a turn for Malcolm to attack, which is a bit of a bummer. Malcolm can't attack with haste right away. So if you just ad nauseum and cast your commander and the Malcolm, you're not going to be able to do that right away. But the Malcolm does have haste. The Malcolm, actually, so yeah, you can. Malcolm does not I'm have sorry. haste. Glinthorn Buccaneer the Glinthorn does have haste, haste yeah. which is what makes this extra scary. Right, yeah. So actually, this combo, you don't need the Malcolm to be able to attack right away because the Glinthorn can just do it right away. Exactly. So once you just, you still need Malcolm in play right but if you just go like like malcolm's super easy to get into play off a of jeweled lotus so like yeah exactly and off a of mana crypt right there's a lot of easy ways to pump that shit out so once you get it out you know it's very it's very scary because you don't have to wait a turn with Clinhorn, like you said yeah i would say since this one is really only i guess it's eight mana right three mana for your commander three mana for the Glenhorn, and then two mana to activate the Glenhorn. it's eight mana so that's less than the heliod one the yeah. heliod one was nine right 
and it is less than the Goda one also, although Goda is still, still zero cards. I still think that this is better than Goda, though, just because it allows you to be in blue. I would definitely agree with that. And I would say just the flexibility of being able to play this in four different color combinations, I think also really bumps this up, especially to a point where like that downside is almost not a downside. Yeah, 100%. I agree. And this also gives you something to do when you're not winning the game. Goto only wins the game. Heliod really only wins the game. Malcolm is good just on its own. It's just exactly. like a mana dork that can gain value. It's just like a solid card. And although Malcolm and although Glenhorn Buccaneer doesn't do anything on its own, it's still like it, it's okay. It's still like a, it's a small creature that's an easy sacrifice. So we're going to move on to another one. This is Niv Mizzet Perun and Curiosity. This one's a good one. So Niv-Mizzet says that whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, you deal one, you draw a card, and whenever you draw a card, you deal one damage to any target. Right, okay. And what does Curiosity say? It says those two things in a, in the in the other order, but I got it right. Excellent, okay. Curiosity <laughs> says whenever this creature deals damage to a player draw a card right so all that needs to happen is the niv mizzet has to be in play and since it's uncountable that can be pretty easy to do now since Whoa. it has i know it's so easy to do <laughs> since three blue easy. three red pips that's really kind of the big issue with niv mizzet yeah. is it's, it's actually kind of hard to put into play but once you can get it on the stack and once you can get it in play pretty hard to beat even on its own even without the curiosity niv mizzet is a super powerful effect but once you put the curiosity on top of it that's when things can get loopy exactly and it's especially it's especially frustrating as an opponent to try to counter the curiosity and then give your opponent a draw because of it and then they have more chances to draw out interaction deal with your creatures even too that might be hurting them as well so i like this combo right. i think it's very powerful but i i have two downsides that i okay. do want to talk about and number one is definitely the mana it is seven mana and it is specifically four blue pips and three red pips to get no out no generic mana there is no mana crypts are cast in this no so this is a very difficult thing to do also you do need to make sure that you have a way to shuffle your graveyard back into your library because if your opponents collectively have more life than you have cards in your library you will draw out before they are dead right now that there is something to be said that with the curiosity and the Nimizzi, that is not a must. You can kind of stop whenever you want, I believe. Curiosity a, is a may draw. Card. It's a may, so yeah. you can stop once you have ninety nine cards. You can slow down to cast a time twister or do something else to shuffle your back into your library, or just like just you have your whole deck in your exactly. hand when you do something and, else and once you cast another spell you will get another niv mizzet trigger so right. once you go to set up again you can just keep that chain going also another negative of this combo is you do have to trigger the niv mizzet to deal damage somewhere so that you'll draw a card so that the curiosity will trigger correct yes but you can also wait for an opponent to do that too right just hold this hold the whole table hostage if they yeah don't, they're not they can't cast any more spells because if they do exactly you draw a card that's when niv mizzet triggers right when an opponent casts a spell when an opponent player when a player cast an instant or sorcery instant or sorcery so you yeah. kind of lock them out of instant or sorceries basically and ophidian eye is the same thing as curiosity except it's two more mana because it has flash right that one can be pretty helpful right so like you can do stuff like in i guess the niv mizzet trigger goes on the stack and in response to the niv mizzet trigger you can 
cast the Ophidian eye and then win at instant speed like that too. Yeah, surely. So I, I, I guess, I guess that could be a separate combo because you do have that, but that is it's an part of the same one. I think it's a branch off. I would of include this it combo. there. So where do you have this between like? Heliod, Malcolm, and Goto right now. I feel like it's worse than Malcolm, but uh, I feel like it's better than Heliod. Um, I feel like it's better than Heliod Ballista. I don't know. Heliod Ballista is just... It's only two more mana, and it's so much easier to cast. Mm, yeah, that's true. So, like We can say things like Jeweled Lotus, but Jeweled Lotus helps all of the combos we're going to talk that's about today, so it's, there's really them. no point in okay. mentioning Jeweled Lotus. And Goto is better than this. And I think... Is Goto better than your I think visit? Goto is better. I know. I think there's a consistency thing to it. I think as a creature, Nivmizit Perun is better than Goto. Yeah. But I think as a combo, Goto is better than Nivmizit Curiosity. Which like, would you rather play? Which I would rather, rather, rather a play a deck with a Goto secondary plan in it, kind of like the Rakko deck that I built. Yeah. For when we originally played that deck, then. Just have a deck that incidentally has Niv-Mizzet and Curiosity in it. Okay. Even when I played Grixis Pirates, the Malcolm version that is Grixis, I played Curiosity because it works well with Vile Smashal, but I didn't include Niv-Mizzet because A, I'm in an Ad Nauseam deck, and sure. B, I don't know how the hell I'm going to cast that thing. What about in the Rug version? You can play with Tana. You can Eldritch Evolution your Tana into a Niv-Mizzet and play Curiosity that works well with your... Okay, so that's pirate. one So that's one combo. That, I'm sorry, that's one deck that is seen play with another combo that's already on this list. I would still have Goto over this. You still have Goto over this. Okay. I still have Goto over this. Okay, sure. Okay. So and then, but what about Heliod then? Is this worse than Heliod? I think it's better than Heliod. You think it's better than I Heliod? Better Why than do Heliod. you think it's better than Heliod? I think Is it is still better than Mono White, and I think uh, Niv Mizzet is better than Heliod is. Walking Ballista as a creature, well, as a creature, just it's better. And if you're in Niv Mizzet, you might also be playing things like um, Professional Facebreaker, which maybe could be oh, helpful with the Curiosity or okay, something like yeah. that. Walking Ballista and Heliod are dead cards almost all the time. All the time, they're I mean, not good on their own. But sometimes at least these other yeah, sometimes Walking Ballista is terrible removal spell, but that's only sometimes and it's pretty terrible. Okay, all right, I'll give you that. So right now, what we have is we have Malcolm as the the number one. Yep. Uh, we have Godo, and then Nev Mizzet, and then Heliod. Is that sounds what right so right far. Now. That's kind. Of, that's what we're looking at. Okay. okay. All right, that sounds good to me. Um, all right, so we're going to move on. And our next one then is classic play to win favorite. Yeah. Kinnon and Basalt Monolith. Mm, sure. If you've ever seen an episode of play to win, you don't need the explanation of what this combo does. But right. because Kinnon makes all of your permanents tap for one additional mana of the color that they produce, Basalt Monolith will tap for four mana. Right. And because Basalt Monolith's untap ability is for three mana, you can generate infinite colorless this way as long as you have Kinnon in play. I'm going to put a little caveat on this one. I think this one belongs in our honorable mentions. You think this is an honorable mention one why is this an honorable mention because oh, this one only makes else? infinite mana you still need something else to win the game uh yeah you but still like, need the land that can make the treasures treasure vault is that what it's called uh yeah treasure vault or well that's can... just to turn it into something else right. i guess yeah the, the, this doesn't actually win the game this just makes it infinite colors mana which Kinnon can't actually use all the way okay that's fair so That's although fair. obviously Kinnon is very powerful and on power level probably is like a stronger deck than the decks that we're talking about, 
um, it, it isn't in the same category. Well, we didn't talk about it last week because I anticipated talking mm, about it okay. in the commander section. Whereas I do kind of like it in the Thrasios decks that are looking for a second way to make infinite mana. Kinnon is already good when you are trying to tap your mana dorks and uh, just being able to easily go infinite. And it's Thrasios is the other outlet for Kinnon Basalt Monolith. Yeah. Drawing your deck gives you the out to every other card. You can play more mana rocks that are going to give you all the colors you need to officially be able to do whatever you need yeah i think as a two card combo in a thrasios deck this is a good combo and maybe we should have talked about that last week but this one to me is the same as the mono green stuff okay and, and, and if we talk about them and rank them with these that's great too but it's the same issue where you need to have kinnon plus basalt monolith plus another card so you would put this below everything else that we're talking about not then, below because but we next can't to even, we can't adjacent, even talk about adjacent it. to delete it's with gitrog and elsha it's in that category All because right. you need the commander plus two cards that's right fair. you I gotta th have I the think line that's fair. i think that's, that's totally line. fair if this is where the line is though frankly goto should be in a separate you know because goto just you know I'm, no because we agreed that if it gets the card that wins the game it's totally fine but no other so then yes goto, there are we just haven't talked about them but yet. just goto and rocco is the only other one right well, yeah, those are the two. So that's it. Uh, is that its own little separate list? Is that a mini podcast inside of a podcast? There's only two. Is the problem of that though? That's so, the thing. There's so we'll only rank them with these. So we're ranking them with these. Okay. Otherwise, then like we're getting pretty low. We're only gonna have ten to rank, and Which then like, like some next week's podcast is just gonna be talking about Goto and Rocco. That's it. <laughs> with right? Zero card Which combos is better, Goto and Rocco? <laughs> yeah, it's just a ten minute podcast. Oh my god. Uh, Let's just move on to the next one. Because we one? already know we have to do what's the best one card combo in CEDH after. After this so like or the, the the top 10 one card combos so oh, like the ad nauseums and the doomsdays yeah and the, the intuition the setup cards yeah right so sure. so i'm sure maybe we can put that shit on those lists okay yeah. yeah all right sure yeah oh boy okay varals and pattern of rebirth is our next one okay so the reason why this one is on the list is because pattern of rebirth on any creature means that when you sacrifice it to varals you can go search your library for protean hawk put it into play, sacrifice Perodian Hawk to Varals, and then get one of the aforementioned combos from the other week's com top 10 combo video. This is a great combo. I like it a lot. I do too. The Go ahead. What do you got? I think this is, this is very quick. You can do this incredibly fast in these two colors. Uh, this is a very difficult combo to interact with. Again, this is all creatures, right. which is, I think, that's just a continuation of a theme that we'll see in these A lot of combos. these combos are creature-based, honestly. Uh, with the exception of Pattern of Rebirth, which right. is very interactable. Um, I mean, any bounce effect is going to interact with this, too, which is always going to be a downside of playing an enchantment, and right. especially an aura, mm -hmm. as your win condition. Um, but I... I, I do like this. It makes your Protean Hawk uncounterable as well. So I really like this one. Yeah, yeah. Once you get and once you get Protean Hulk going in a deck like this, it also can be difficult to interact with. Aside from like we said, kind of creature removal. Um, caveat again: you, the pattern of both needs to go. On, the pattern of rebirth needs to go on another creature. Yeah, um, but it's not like the Gitrog ones because those are specifically you need specific cards, right? This could just this be, could be any, any other creature, creature that you have, which I think keeps it in the it keeps it in the category because you're bound to have a mana door creature, something in play. If for all set could sack itself, then that would be different. But you know, the next one on the list, I'm just gonna move to it's Minx. Sure, same, Minx, basically the same thing almost. Yes, Minx and Pattern of Rebirth because it's the same thing, except Minx is able to create the creature that you Pattern of Rebirth. 
Yes, that is yes. true. Yeah, so that makes Minx ones, I feel like, a little bit better. Harder to cast, maybe, because you need the three pips on Minx rather than the black, green, and a generic. True, but I think you're in a color combination that's also better suited for trying to go off with Parody, with Protean Hawk 2. You get to play things like Rule of Law, potentially, which is a hard stacks piece that shuts off a lot of other decks except you. Yep. Varals doesn't do that. Varals is just all in on its plan. And the Minx pile also includes getting Grand Abolisher at some point, which means your opponents cannot interact at all anymore, which is the Varals line is still pretty fragile right up until the very end. Exactly, yeah. Um, so if we do put these on the list, they probably are next to each other, but I definitely put Minx higher than Varals. I think Minx is definitely significantly higher than, than Varals. Minx also has Academy Rector as another one card because it just goes and gets the pattern of rebirth after you sacrifice the academy rector yeah and it's the same deal you put it on the boo and then you take it from there minx is very lucky to have like an enormous amount of one card combos because not only do you yeah. get the, all the things that the academy rector you also get the the one that sacrifices to get a uh, planeswalker yeah and you could go through a pod line that way then too right. with vivian on the hunt and you can go through your kiki arena jiki rector stuff too. is what it's called that's right? what it is that's arena what it is. Yeah. yeah that one goes find vivian vivian can go through a kiki jiki line you also because your you commander is three mana so right. you can immediately go get felidar guardian yeah the birthing pod lines or the vivian line both requires you to have a three cmc creature in play which your naya commander minx is so vivian on the hunt birthing pod and survival of the fittest are also one card combos in this deck there's a bunch of different ways that this minx deck can win which is what makes it so powerful i think totally agree so where do we have minx and Varals in with our lineup right now yeah with uh so they're both above heliod they're both definitely above heliod are they above i think they're both above niv mizzet too i think so too i think okay. they're both above niv mizzet how do we feel about godo i think they're above godo okay how do you feel about it with malcolm i think it's maybe worse than malcolm okay i think i agree with you there glinthorn buccaneer and malcolm also gets around rule of law right which i think is the main thing with parodian hawk that lends you to want to do that mm. but again you're in blue which is really just significantly better than naya and also malcolm does something you know um the the other one um minx doesn't actually do anything when you're not winning the game minx only wins you the game that's true Ma malcolm at least gets you some treasure when you're not winning the game and again i think the flexibility of being able to be in four different color combinations also lends it to be much more in malcolm's favor so i would definitely put minx underneath malcolm and then varals and godo where how do you feel about these i feel like godo's better than varals i kind of feel the same way too and i really think it's it's because of the ability to consistently go for more wins after you've been stopped right i think goto can do that much better than Voralls. yep i agree so i would i would say it would be malcolm as our number one minx as our number two goto as our number three Voralls as our number four niv mizzet as our number five right now that sounds right to me okay that sounds good to me too so we're through six of them so far and our seventh one is uh, a card that we've already mentioned it's rocco Rocco. Uh, so Rocco actually has two different entries on this list, and I do think that they're actually in two different spots on the list, too. Okay. But we're going to talk about the one that I think is better first, and that's Rocco and Food Chain. Okay, yeah. Why do you think this one's better? Uh, because I think it's just easier to put together sure. in one turn. If you have Food Chain, you can uh, Food Chain 
immediately use some of the creatures that you ostensibly already have in play to help you get Rocco for six, which can go get your Squee, which can help set up that two-card combo that we talked about in the Top 10 Combos podcast. Right, yeah, Food Chain with Squee will give you infinite creature mana, recast Rocco a bunch of times, get all the creatures from your deck into play, and win with some other combo like Kiki-Jiki. Exactly, yes. Uh, the reason why I kind of like that better than Team or Sabretooth is because the Team or Sabretooth combo overall is so expensive, and a lot of the times requires you to put it together over the course of two turns especially in how the Rocco decks are built now where they're not trying to play go to win them and you have a two different 14 mana combos in the command zone like that right the Rocco team or Sabretooth line is casting Rocco for x equals four seven total mana to find the team or Sabretooth then using the team or Sabretooth's ability two mana to bounce the Rocco back to your hand recast the Rocco for X equals two, so another five mana, to get Dockside Extortionist into play. And then so long as Dockside can make five or more treasures, you can bounce Dockside with Teamer Sabretooth and recast it, making infinite treasures, and then do the same thing by bouncing Rocco, casting it for your whole library, and win the game that way. Every time I go through the line, I just wish that I could get Dockside first. Yeah, that would make it, <laughs> it a lot easier a lot so of time much, for but, sure. But just that 14 mana, like it is so tough to put together in one or even two turn cycles sometimes. It is tough but it's nice to know that the inevitability is there because dockside team or sabertooth is like a combo that you already want to be playing in your naya creature based deck you know what i mean like you're oh, already playing yeah. dockside team or sabertooth can be playable on its own like it can help protect some things if you need to it's already a fine combo the fact that you can in the super late game make it work as a one card i think is a is a huge bonus i think so too i think in a vacuum i like that combo over food chain but i think in rocco i kind of like the food chain combo a little bit more even though it's harder to get food chain than yeah. it would be to set up this basically one card combo with yes. Rocco. That's the difficult part because finding food chain in a Naya deck is kind of tricky. The only tutor that you have is Enlightened Tutor. There aren't really that many other options. You There's one creature it. that you can get off Rocco that does find food chain and put it on top of your library, but like you don't have a way to draw the Card. Right, that's kind of slow. Yeah, that's kind of hard. So you it. tell everybody what you have, and then someone just has like winds of rebuke hilariously, <laughs> and then right, you give them a whole turn cycle to deal with it. Yeah, but the, having the food chain is nice because it allows you to win the game without having to use artifacts because the, you don't have to use the dockside line with the food chain line, which is pretty good. Yeah, um, Minx and Rocco are pretty close. They're both Naya decks and win with creature combos. Minx is more on Protein Hulk. Um, Rocco is more on Kiki Jiki. The decks are similar. I think I like Rocco a little bit more because I think. I I do too. Rocco could find Esper Sentinel. So Rocco can also be card draw in the command zone. Rocco can just find Dockside. So it can also be mana advantage in the right? command zone. Rocco and then can later, be anything. And then later it can be the win condition. Exactly. Too, right? So, so all right. So we're definitely putting Rocco. Are we putting both of these Rocco combos above I, Minx? They put them, I put them, put them together. This is one Rocco. This is one Rocco. Rocco and a thing. Rocco okay. and Food Chain slash Team or Saber too. All right. Whatever. I think that's fair. We'll just do Rocco as one thing yeah. instead of calling out these two separately. I would put it above Minx, I think. Uh, it is above Manx. Great. Yeah. What, what about with Malcolm? Do you like it better than Malcolm? Um, honestly, how do you? I don't know. Honestly, let me tell you this: what what Malcolm doesn't have is card advantage in the command zone. There is zero ways for Malcolm to produce card advantage. And when I played Grixis Pirates, that is the thing that I missed the most. It doesn't have the speed of a Rogsai, and it didn't have any help like a like a Kess or something like that that right. can at least get me some extra cards. The mana helps, but like Vile Smasher isn't doing anything. Bruce isn't doing anything. Tana isn't doing anything. And unless you're playing Crown, now you're down a color. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I kind of have a soft spot in my heart for Kiki Jiki. I think Nia lines are really good and efficient. Um, and the fact that Rocco can do anything, I think is a big bonus. I think I put it above Malcolm, but that's pretty subjective. That's no, just kind of my it opinion. Because the more that we're talking about it, the more I kind of like it yeah. a little bit better. I mean, I don't like that we're not in blue. Like, I, right. th I think Malcolm having access to blue is really nice. But like there is there is no downside that we're talking about, right? There's no secret math you have to know in order to make sure that you're going to win the game. Like sometimes you're going to try to go for this combo with Malcolm and Glinthorn, and it's not going to win you the game. You're going to be stuck a little bit. And then that last opponent can right. still beat you. Um, you don't have to worry about that with Rocco. So I'm right there with you. Let's put that at the number Rocco one, at the top one, number one so far. All right, that sounds good. We're going to move on. Tevet is a new commander. Tevet and Time Sieve sure. specifically work together. When you cast Tevet or when... Nope. When Tevet enters the battlefield or attacks, you can essentially make five artifact tokens. Doesn't matter what they are. The right. card will tell you what they are. People will vote on what they are. Right. But you get to make five, which is the exact number that you need in order to get additional terms with Time Sieve. So as long as you're able to still attack... Boom. You can keep getting infinite turns this way. This one, I think, is very comparable to Niv-Mizzet Curiosity. You got a big, giant six-mana commander, and instead of your one-mana Curiosity, you have your two-mana Time Sieve, and you have to wait a whole turn. I think we that puts it worse than Niv-Mizzet, but you're an Esper, which makes it much better than being an Izzet. And your commander is much easier to cast. Easier to cast. Too. is a real pro. Oh, right? Yeah. Like your Mana Vault and your Mana Crypts actually feel like they do something. Yes, that is very true. So maybe it's better than Niv-Mizzet. I think it is better than Niv-Mizzet. I don't think it's better than Varals, though. And I think that's where it will kind of stop. Is Varals, we have currently Varals is higher than Niv-Mizzet. Currently, the bottom up is Heliod, Niv-Mizzet, Varals. Okay, that sounds right, I think. So I would put, what I don't even remember the card we're talking about. What, Tivet. what card are we talking about, Tivet? Yeah, I would put Tivet above Niv-Mizzet and under Varals. Under Varals, interesting. I think I might put it above Varals. You think you might? You know what, let's put it above Varals, because you know what, Varals just doesn't have legs. It just doesn't when really it comes have, down to it's it, fragile. it's Niv-Mizzet can fragile. at least protect itself. Niv-Mizzet might be above Varals. The, the combo, though, that Varals gets is easier to assemble i would still think that what varals is doing is more powerful more powerful than the niv mizzet combo yeah niv mizzet as a card is better than varals as a card but we do have to weigh that in like the combo that's part of the deal is like the, that's part like that's how you weigh the combo is the combo good or not the cards are less dead but I see what you mean. The combo with Brawls, I think, is better. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay, so we'll stick with it. Bottom up right now, we're going Heliod, then Niv-Mizzet, then Varals, then Tivit, then Godo, then Minx, then Malcolm, then Rocco is what we're looking at right I now. Think that, so I think far. that sounds right, yeah. Great. Okay, I lost track of the numbers, but like I'm going to get back around to that. We'll count later. Later, yeah. I, I just need to know the order, and we can assign value to them later. All right, so we're going to move on. The next one, we're going to move into Grixis combos now, and we're going to talk about Inala and Spellseeker. This one is a very good one. Would you like to explain how this combo works? Absolutely. I will explain to you the beginning step and the end step. The beginning Great. step is that you will have Inala in your command zone. Great well, first step, right? Great. <laughs> right at the beginning Easy of the first game. step. Begin the game with your commander. Uh, the next step is to cast Spellseeker with an additional generic mana available. No? 
I think you need a black man available. You, you definitely need one it, black mana to continue doing I what you I apologize. So do. you need a blue, a black, and two generic mana, plus a spell seeker in hand, casting the spell seeker, leaving the black floating. From there, you do a bunch of steps, and eventually you get a near infinite amount of attacking wizards, and you attack the table and win the game. This combo is great. You need a lot of cards that are potentially dead or maybe not in the right spots when you need them in the right spots. They've been exiled for some reason. They're in your hand when you need them in your deck. You're casting Spellseeker over and over and over again in this combo, so you're tutoring a lot of different things out of your deck. But this is so fast Extremely and so efficient. easy to put together. You don't need to cast your commander. The commander is just, eminence is just broken on something yeah. like this. Um, this does almost just make this a one-card combo, but this is on the list because... You can't just do this with like any other commander. You need you need the spell seeker. You, right? need, you need the to spell, find a spell seeker, seeker so and you need to have Anala to trigger right. the eminence ability. Yeah, so yeah, it's not even Anala isn't even really technically a card. So it is kind of like Goto, except Goto, it's always there. This you still have to find the spell seeker. You go to if you don't have to find anything. But there's just even more ways to find speaker now. There's tons of ways. There's the wizard cycling cards that you can use. So many. Like, I mean, what's kind of interesting about this Grixis deck is the most of the times that I've seen it, it's actually not playing ad nauseum because you're playing a decent amount of bigger wizards and it's just you're kind of more on the spell seeker line. Agent of the Scholars is the backup spell seeker, and that's seven mana. Right. So. That one can be tricky. But you're right, there are a ton of ways to find the spell seeker in this deck, and it's you're really laser focused. You just you have a game plan, it's super easy. You can usually pull it off and turn one or two the issues is your commander doesn't do anything besides the combo right like you're not besides winning the yeah. game your deck really doesn't do anything you win the game very well you very quickly combo very too. quickly and very well but if there's an opposition agent in play that you can't get rid of your deck doesn't do anything and the longer you wait the more likely it is that you'll draw a combo piece that you would rather have in your deck or something how much do we want to weigh the fact that you have to know the combo too in <laughs> yeah this you too? have like, to be smart right you, <laughs> you have to know like all 23 steps right. and like you have to not piss everybody off at the table when like you're sitting there reading the primer trying to put this thing together <laughs> right. for the first time right, right? it's like, kind of like the old kci problem of modern like the deck is just so hard to play right? it doesn't see as much play as it probably should so like for me like i kind of want to put this almost like above rocco and put it in the number one spot because of the color combination you're in and how quickly you can go off and yeah you get to play a bunch of great cards but at the same time like you have to just I'm going to say it, waste your brain space on <laughs> like this one combo that isn't going to come up in magic anywhere else. Right. Like to me, it's like I'm I stay away from that deck specifically because I don't want to have to learn how that goes. <laughs> yeah. And I maybe mean, I'm a lazy player, but no, I think that's fair. Like that's that's totally a fair assessment because the brain, the knowledge that you get from playing Anala is really only applicable yeah. to Anala. Um, on mana efficiency, the combo is the most efficient one that we've talked about. It's only four mana to activate, and that's all you need. Once Hands you have down. four mana, that's it. Um, the issue is you have a lot of dead cards, probably even more so than with any of your Protein Hulk stuff. And I think that is a big downside. To have most of your deck not do anything unless you're winning the game with it, that kind of sucks. Um, it's hard to rate, but I would definitely put it probably in between the Naya decks that we have right now. I think it's better than Minx, but I, th I think it's maybe not as good as Rocco. I may think maybe I'm giving Rocco too much credit, but I think that deck is very powerful. Okay, yeah. I, 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 sh I should be looking at this outside of me playing the deck, and I should be looking at this as like, like if someone is skilled with Inala, they can do much more than this than I think what like a... I, I think the deck has more legs than like Minx might is just basically yeah. what I'm trying to say. Um, so I could see that above Minx. Where do we have this with Malcolm? 
I think this is see that's tough. I feel like Malcolm has won more tournaments, um, but I don't know. That's not our only judge. So I think between the versatility of Malcolm, Malcolm being able to do something in your command zone instead of just winning the game. I think those two points alone put this above Anala. Yeah. You can be in the same colors. You can get advantage out of other colors if you wanted to with this combo. I think Malcolm is a and it's so much simpler. And yeah. So much simpler and harder to interact with but than Anala too. I, I think it's just worth making sure that we uh, like are aware that like this uh, the Anala combo is the most efficient combo. It's it's like, very efficient. The combo yeah. itself is the best combo. Yes. But, I mean, it falls to more stacks pieces than Malcolm. That is true. Is that true? I'm not sure that that's true. Uh, any, uh... It, the yeah, Anala um, one folds to any tutor hate and any graveyard hate. Uh, and any rule of law effects. Um, Malcolm... Doesn't fall to doesn't any of those. Doesn't fall to any of those, but it does fall to Curse Totem and... Artifact uh, hate. Collector Oof, like Artifact hate. Curse Totem is one card in that yeah. section. And um, those are less... less See less play. I feel like Rule of Law see a ton of play. Yeah. I feel like Dothy Voidwalker see a ton of play. Dothy Voidwalker sees play in like every single black Opposition deck. Opposition Agent sees a ton of play. Yeah. So I would say that Anala gets targeted, yeah, by yeah. more stacks. Again, Malcolm, I would still put Okay, I'm down Anala. with that. Uh, yeah, I'll put him below Malcolm. Great. That sounds great. We're going to move on to... Cass and Demonic Consultation or Tainted Pact. Ooh, yeah, this is a good one. Have You're Kess the master. Tell the me all about it. <laughs> I would not say that. <laughs> if you have Kess in play, though, you can cast Demonic Consultation or Kess and go until you find Thassa's Oracle. Then you cast the Thassa's Oracle. And with the Thassa's Oracle trigger on the stack, you can use Kess' ability to cast the Forbidden Tutor from the graveyard, exiling the rest of your library. This can be anywhere from like a seven to eight mana combo, but it's pretty good. It's pretty simple. And you already are, want to be playing Demonic Consultation that's historical in your Grixis deck because that by itself is already the best two card combo in the format yeah exactly so this is i think pretty high up on the list for that reason because again your win condition it really um i guess falls to kind of like the same thing that the anala combo falls to but it's sure. so much more concise right so it's it's not it 20 steps fewer points you don't have to play a ton of extra dead cards you're playing all good spells besides that stuff um, it, the, uh, the another combo that can kind of go aside with this is cast an intuition. If you intuition for reanimate demonic consultation and Thassa's Oracle, there's no combination of cards that your opponents can give you that while cast out, you wouldn't be able to set up the same combo by playing Thassa's Oracle or reanimating and exiling your library. Um, it's hard to compare. It's definitely a little bit of apples and oranges. This combo is definitely much more mana, more mana than the Anala combo by a ton, right? By a ton. Twice yeah. as much. The Anala one is much less than that, but you're playing all good cards that you want to play anyway, and your overall strategy is a little bit better. I would agree. I don't. I don't know which one's better. Like I, 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 in in many ways, I think in CDH it's better to be aggressive than reactive, and Anala is certainly more aggressive than Kess is. Kess is more reactive. Kess is harder to get out. Yeah, that's a thing, and I think that's kind of what has led to Kess's downfall a little bit. And I really don't want to keep that in consideration where like Kess is not seen play as much as she used to. Um, but I mean, at, at, at the same time, like it, it, it's a lot easier to set up, but I, I kind of like where you're at when you just mentioned like being more proactive as yeah. opposed to reactive. I think that is much nicer. So you like Anala more than you like. This is hard for me to say because I'm a Kess player. I have Kess together right now, and I love Kess, but I think... Well, I'm, yeah, I shouldn't say you like because I don't yeah. like Anala because I, I like, don't want to yeah. learn the combo. I I'm play, not focusing on what I like. I play Kess more than I would play Anala. I don't want to play a deck with that many dead pieces in it. I just don't like playing deck with so many dead cards. Yeah. 
Um, but as like a power level, I think Anala is probably stronger than Cass. I think your win percentage with Anala would be higher than it would be with Cass. All right, so we're gonna put Cass underneath Anala, which means it, that Cass is underneath Malcolm and Rocco too. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Um, where is Minx versus Cass? I think like almost tied, but like I, all of the stacks pieces that hurt Cass don't hurt Minx. Yeah, maybe yep, graveyard yep. stuff. Yeah, sure, okay. Um, but I would say Cass does something and Minx doesn't, so maybe Cass is better than Minx. Great. Okay, I'm into that. Cass is better than Minx, so Kess is in between Anala and Minx. That sounds right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and you're in a much better color combination than you are with Minx, need I say more. Um, we actually only have one more that we're going to talk about. You're that. kidding me. No. What is it? It's Najila and Derevi. I was going to say, if we ha- it has to be Najila and Derevi. This yeah. one... Okay, well, we so, talked yeah. about it like for a hot second in yeah. the, at the, and the other end of one, the last right. We're podcast. finally getting to it now. We'll talk about how it wins. If you have Najila in play and you have an attacking warrior, you'll make another warrior. If Derevi is also in play, you can atta- untap some lands. If you're attacking with enough warriors and have enough mana, the numbers can change depending on how many lands you have, what type of lands you have, what type of permanence you have. If you have a bloom tender, if you have how many attacking creatures, yada, yada, yada. But if you can untap five mana worth of mana and activate Najila's ability, giving another combat, creating more warriors when you attack, you can exponentially keep going and make more and more warriors and attack the table to death. Um, it's hard to evaluate this one only on mana base because the amount of mana you need to cast it can vary so much based on what it other stuff you have. It is weird because you need to have Najila out, you need to have a Bant creature out, and you need to be able to activate a Wooburg cost. Right. Which is a little bit more helpful because you can do this still in combat on the damage step. Right. Normally, Magic Online always skips the damage step, but you can put a hold on there and do priority on damage steps so that after damage has happened, you're still in combat. You can let... You can make mana, let some of the Derevi triggers resolve, and that will seriously help you activate Najila while you're still in combat so that you can go back and get an additional one. Right, yeah. So this one, I would say you need at least six mana total to get these things out, but more often than not, with Mana Darks and Jewel Lotus, it feels a lot less than that. That's obviously true for all of these combos. Yeah, I didn't want to talk about Jewel Lotus because it helps with all of that. But since you're in five colors, you just get access to so much of that stuff, and that's one of the reasons why this one is certainly going to be near the top of this list, because being in five colors colors is really powerful that's the other thing too so we're, we're talking about it near the top i think it's better than Kess. i think it's way better than Kess. all right i think Kess consultation i think it's, it's better than that i i think it's better than the anala combo uh, certainly i think that it's better than malcolm because again there's no like super uber downside yeah that you it have. falls to the same things as malcolm yeah. malcolm really only needs to connect with one player on combat damage where najila eventually needs to connect with all players but that doesn't really matter because oftentimes by the time you're connecting with one player that you per se you didn't want to attack for some reason they have a big creature yeah you're attacking them for like 30 tokens yeah i guess the thing about the najila combo is that it also assumes that you have previously attacked right so it does require more setup than some of these than really actually any of these other combos that we've talked about these other combos just go off as is if you have the mana for them. But this, you know, assumes that you spent turns two and three getting in for a little bit of damage, making a couple of tokens. Otherwise, yeah, you have Derevi, but it's not going to help you 
a ton. Right. You definitely, with this one, you have to wait a turn. With the other ones, we were talking about Malcolm. We, I thought for a second you had to wait, but you don't because the Glenhorn has haste. This situation, nothing has haste. So you have to have the Najila in play, wait a turn, and then cast the Derev. You can't cast them both on the same yeah. turn and win that turn, which is a big downside. So how, how much do we weigh that in with all these other ones? Because all I'm, I'm not looking at the deck, and I'm not looking at how the deck performs. You know, We're looking at the combo itself. The combo itself. So like to me, some of the stuff we just talked about is going to really lower where this goes and okay maybe it's not as good as the Rocco combos and maybe it's not as good as the Malcolm combos then yeah that's hard to say I mean Najila has definitely seen a little bit less play recently I think but it still wins a ton of tournaments I mean Najila is just such an awesome deck because you're playing five colors you're playing all good stuff cards it's yeah, hard but... to not weigh that when you're talking about the combo because that's part of why Najila is good is like you're just playing all good cards. Yeah, that's true. And even now, like a lot of the Najila decks are just playing five card good stuff right. where there's no dead cards. You just add nauseum until you find this combo. And step add nauseum, untap, and play Derevi with your Najila that's already out so you can cast Fierce Guardianship and protect your stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I shouldn't look at the fact that you do have to do a little bit more setup for this one to, to harm it as much as maybe I mean, I'm thinking. It's definitely a negative aspect, but yeah. I still think Najila is a top three creature combo in the format what's our top three look like right now so right now our top three number three is anala okay number two is malcolm and number one is rocco that's interesting that we've chosen this to be the way so far it's certainly better than anala i think it's certainly better than anala too is I malcolm think... the best two color is or is is um rocco the best two color card combo commander rock rocco is two rocco's two one card combos is another thing we could keep in mind too that's like true. it's the best one card Combo commander flexible. for that reason. I mean, trades, so, does, yeah. so does Kess technically too, but like these attack two different... Rocco's attacks two totally different angles yep. that can win in different situations. That is extremely helpful. It's a little bit slower than the other ones by kind of decent a bit. You have a little extra mana you have to go into it, but you're in green, so that's pretty easy. Uh, I know that these three, Najila, Malcolm, and Rocco, are certainly the top three commanders with two total card combos in the format. I, yeah. I know they're the top three, but as far as which one's best, I'm not positive. Where, where are you leaning right now? So I'm kind of leaning, I don't know. I Part of me, I think, might be biased and want to put Rocco above Najila. Right. But I feel like maybe Najila Derevi just might be the number one combo. Yeah. And it might just be, we're getting to a point where we have to scrutinize a little bit more and we do have to look at the decks themselves and what the commanders are doing i think just being in five colors is so much better than being in three especially when one of those colors is not blue yep yeah i think i'm with you yeah i mean this this you don't have to cast any other spells so yeah it's gonna get around rule of law too flexibility it's got a ton of flexibility you can go ad nauseum i've seen a ton of lists that go towards birthing pod and you use stacks and stuff like that with najila yeah not only that, but this could also be Nature's Will. This could also be Druid's Repository. So the reality is, if we're going to look at Rocco and say, two thumbs up for having more than one one-card win con, well, now I need two more arms to give Najila's even more thumbs up. Right, yeah, that's true. Najila does have three other cards that can win the game with the Najila trigger. You can put them on screen right now. Grim Hireling. Uh, I forgot about Grim Hireling, too. Yeah. Druid's Repository, Nature's Will. And Grim Hireling. So it has a ton of... You don't even have to play all of them, but you have the option to. Um, if Rocco gets extra points for having extra combo ways, this one, this one does, too. Yeah, so, so I would definitely say this is... I think Najila at top. I still do think that Rocco's better than Malcolm, but it is extremely close and probably depends mostly on playstyle preference. 
Okay, so after we took off a couple things from the list and combined a couple of commanders that I had separate because they had multiple one-card win cons, yep, yep. we actually ended up with 10 combos. It's perfect. All right, give us number 10. Number 10, Heliod and Walking Ballista. Great. Number 9, Niv Mizzet Curiosity. Love it. Number 8, Volrals and Pattern of Rebirth. Interesting. Number 8. Nope. Shit, what the fuck did I do? We have 11, don't we? Oh, well, fuck, we have 11. Play to win, can't do math. Play to win, can't do math. And yes, we're counting, counting to 10 as math. <laughs> That's how low we've gotten. Yeah, right? All right, so number 10. Oh, we're starting all over. Okay. Starting all over. Well, yeah, because we said number 10 was something that's not on the list anymore. Okay. Oh, number great. 10 is Niv-Mizzet Curiosity. That's the worst combo of the top 10. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to go in a different direction there for a second. Uh, number 9 is Varals and Pattern of Rebirth. Yep. Number eight is Tivet and Time Sieve. Okay. Number seven is Goto and Helm of the Host. I still am not sure about this one since it's a zero card combo, but okay. It's fine. It is where it is. Number six is Minx and either Pattern of Rebirth or Academy Rector Understood. or Arena Rector, technically, too. Yeah, okay. Kess and Demonic Consultation or Tainted Pact is our number five. Our number four is Anala and Spellseeker. Our number three is Malcolm and Glinthorn Buccaneer. Our number two is Rocco and either Food Chain or Team or Sabretooth. And then our number one combo that is a one-card combo because our commander is one of the cards in our combo is <laughs> Najila and Derevi. Yeah, that sounds great. That I sounds totally right. A, I think this is a really solid list. Do you agree? Would you change the order of any of these combos? Would you put anything up higher or lower? Or yeah, let us know in the comments down below. Thank you so much for watching or listening. If you'd like to support us directly, you can do so at Patreon like our $100 Patreons. Baby Jeebus and Demon of Razgrease. If you'd like to find any of our merch, go to playtowinmtg.com. Big shout out to our sponsor of the show, Dragon Shield. Go check out our affiliate link down below to help support the channel. Follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram for more content. Thank you so much for watching or listening. See you next week. We should talk about some $50 patrons. Stashes. Mitchell Shepard. Justin. Eli Richie. Man Solo. Nicola Marikovic. Steven Schlichty. Big DP15. That Green Guy. Plantain Jackson. Isaiah Berliski. Michael Lyon. Pedro. Metal Plays Games. Wind Wave. C. Kwaja A. Hamid. Jacob Depp. C. Z. Michael Ballou. Jan Wildfang. Leapy Jarvis. Thomas Bueno. Swampy McGee. Lauren Connell. David Nelson. Jormag. James Noon. 845. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Man, my butt is swollen. Ride. Um, I do not know. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.